I'm not considering myself uh, doing unusual things. So it's difficult for me to explain the differences uh, by myself because I, I, I'm important thing is I don't want to uh, follow the the fashionable style of the day. Always, any time there is uh, some style, fashionable style. You no, know, now that using timber become very fashionable. Before there is uh, the so-called uh, the postmodern style. I don't want to be influenced by the fashionable time of the day. That is why I always try to design the structure by myself. Hi, I'm Dan Rubenstein, and this is The Grand Tourist. I've been a design journalist for nearly 20 years, and this is my personalized guided tour through the worlds of fashion, art, architecture, food, and travel, all the elements of a well-lived life. When it comes to the men and women who plan and design the built environment, some names stand out for their gleaming skyscrapers, some for their elegant homes, and others for public works that dazzle and inspire. My guest today proves that great architecture can be both truly different and truly make a difference at the same time. Shigeru Ban. Born in Tokyo, where he's based today, Shigeru was educated in two of the most interesting schools in the United States, SciArc in California and the Cooper Union in New York, where the young talent would sometimes butt heads with his teachers. After returning home to Japan, he developed a portfolio of projects that includes everything from churches and airports to private homes, expo pavilions, concert halls, and museums, most notably the Centre Pompidou Metz, completed in 2011, that gained international acclaim. Indeed, Shigeru received the Pritzker Prize in 2014. The awards announcement put it perfectly. Quote, Bon is known for the originality, economy, and ingeniousness of his works which do not rely on today's common high-tech solutions. For the uninitiated, Shigeru is known for his use of wood in various ways, including paper tubes and bamboo. And he's a pioneer in mass timber, where smaller beams are combined Jenga-style to create larger, stronger ones, so that structures can be built with less things like steel and concrete. Speaking of which, his 19-story, soon-to-be-completed terrace house in Vancouver will be the tallest structure in the world to incorporate mass timber. This type of work is the subject of his latest book, Shigeroban, Timber and Architecture. As you'll learn today, Shigeru doesn't just use timber for shock or artistic value, but also for issues of sustainability, and perhaps most importantly, as a kind of moral value. While his buildings can dazzle, his humanitarian work is something that has truly made an impact. His reusable wood shelters, first designed for victims of an earthquake in Japan, have been used all over the world for decades, and are currently being deployed for the refugees of the war in Ukraine. Before I speak with Shigeruban himself, I wanted to understand the practice, the projects, and the man by speaking with Dean Maltz, who heads up his New York office. But first, I speak with Laura Britton, an architect who works for the firm in New York. I wanted to ask her what all the fuss is about when it comes to timber, how they use the material in radical ways, and what lessons can be gleaned from Shigeruban's earlier, yet still fabulous projects. So how long have you been working uh, for the firm and, and how did you find yourself uh, starting there? Uh, I joined Shigeru Bon Architects in 2015 and uh, I first became interested in Shigeru's work, uh, mainly uh, uh, the, the relationship between materiality and structure. Uh, I was familiar with uh, obviously the, fir the firm's more prominent work like the Centre Pompidou Metz, all of his work uh, with paper tube structures and humanitarian work. Uh, and over the course of being in the firm for the past seven years, uh, I've 
really enjoyed coming to see that it's it's all part of one consistent uh outlook on architecture and humanity and uh, environmentalism, responsibility. And speaking about Timber in architecture, what drew you to his work and, and why do you think that this is so important? I think there's a common misconception that using wood in building is not a responsible choice. And that's going back to, to well-intentioned uh, arguments about deforestation. But nowadays, uh, sustainably managed forests are actually quite responsible sources for materials. If you can use renewable materials, uh, you can actually build in a, a much more globally responsible way. Um, so... So timber as a material is extremely versatile. You can use it for small scale projects. You can use it for large scale projects. Uh, Shiguru has used it for his humanitarian work. And even going back to paper in his humanitarian work, paper is coming from trees, you know, timber coming from trees. You can find responsible ways to use this beautiful natural material uh, that people really connect to. And so it's, it's not just about environmental responsibility. It's also about uh, social responsibility responsibility, using architecture to lift people up. And really, timber is not, it's not just about the structure itself. It's what uh, the structure can facilitate. And so um, in many of Shiguru's buildings, you have these big, beautiful spans. And what that allows for is immense daylight. And so you get these extremely beautiful, pleasant environments to appreciate art, to work, to learn, to live. Um, for me, I think what's what's so attractive about Shiguru's approach to materiality and structure is that everything is selected uh, in a way that's commensurate with uh, with its purpose. So, uh, selecting something like paper uh, for a humanitarian project or a temporary project that's sized to the time scale of of the particular installation or uh, temporary housing or even a building. And Sugars famously said, uh, when, when a building is loved, it becomes permanent. It doesn't need to be cast in place concrete. It doesn't need to be a big, heavy resource intensive material in order for it to become permanent. Because when we cherish and champion architecture. We care for it. It lasts longer. And ultimately, that's the most responsible approach to building is creating architecture that lasts. And so I think for Shigeru, that's something that pervades all of his work, whether it's paper or timber. Are there any early projects from him where you can kind of, by analyzing them, you can see the architect that he would become later in life and some of his later projects? Um, is there an early work that you think is like super fascinating to kind of help understand you know, the history of his work. Yes, I have a couple going to a project which isn't timber. Shigeru's own home is uh, called Hanagi Forest. And so it's, you know, close close to his office in Tokyo. And uh, the site that he had selected had trees on it. And so he designed his home around the trees so that he wouldn't have to cut down any trees. And so you end up with a, a sort of organic form um, that's responsive to the site. But that that kind of kernel, that idea of, of respecting you know, nature and the landscape pervades all of his projects, even in a competition that we did about five years ago, uh, when when Shigeru begins a new project, the first thing he has to do is visit the site, understand the local context and the landscape and the culture, but also where are the trees and what, what do we need to respect in the natural landscape. Uh, in terms of timber and architecture, some of the early projects that um, 
were really attractive to me were uh, GC Osaka, which is a, uh, the GC Corporation is a dental company. They had a, a showroom and office space and uh, they, they wanted a building in Osaka and in that part of Japan or in, in most urban contexts in Japan, you can't build uh, in timber. You can't have timber structure in large scale buildings in urban environments in Japan. And so what Shigeru did was he took steel structure and he actually used wood to fireproof the steel, which is a completely novel approach to say, okay, you can't build in wood because of fire concerns. So instead you actually use the wood uh, as, as an encapsulation for the steel structure so that the steel is protected. That kind of flips the, the argument on its head. It, it kind of uh, confronts this, this uh, misconception that people have that building in timber is not safe when actually uh, timber construction can be as safe or in some instances even safer um, than alternate uh, construction materials. So that uh, GC Osaka was back in 2000. Uh, more recently, there was another project, Tomatic Nagoya, which similarly was in an urban context and Shigeru used uh, CLT, which is cross-laminated timber, as the formwork for concrete structure, but then left that formwork in place. And so um, as, as someone within that building, as an office worker, you would still have this experience of being in a in an being in a timber environment because you're seeing uh, the timber columns, uh, the timber of the floor structure, but that's just, um, it's not actually floor structure. You're seeing the timber ceiling, but that is the formwork for the concrete floor structure and for the concrete columns. Uh, and so he uses, even when he can't use timber as primary structure, he uses wood in innovative ways uh, to create this, this warm interior. Before we return to the program, a word from our sponsor, Janus AC. In the world of design, an appreciation of the outdoors is more important in our lives than ever before. Enter Janus AC. As a leader in outdoor furniture for more than 40 years, the brand combines unparalleled levels of craft and engineering to create works by the world's best designers and architects, from Andre Fu and Gabellini Shepard to Pierre Lassoni. But beyond the incredible products and designs, Janus AC provides a level of service and expertise that's always best in class. Speaking of the firm Gabellini Shepherd, led by New York design greats Michael Gabellini and Kimberly Shepherd, this firm has often looked to nature for inspiration and is known for its list of clients in the worlds of fashion, luxury, and hospitality, from Armani and Jill Sander to Shiseido and the Four Seasons to Janus AC. One of their iconic designs for Janus AC is a masterclass in what makes a classic. The Fibonacci chairs and ottomans, made from an elegant yet rustic Janus fiber in multiple organic shapes, is inspired by the Fibonacci sequence found in nature. It creates a look that's both modern and traditional. If you're looking for something that couldn't possibly go out of style, then this best-selling series is a must for your coastal beachside retreat or even your urban terrace. To outfit your space with the eternal values of design, Make an appointment at your local Janus AC showroom or visit JanusAC.com. That's J-A-N-U-S-E-T-C-I-E.com. Dean Maltz is a highly experienced architect in New York with his own considerable CV. And today, he heads up the New York office for Shigerobon Architects. But Dean and Shigero go way back. The two first met in school at the Cooper Union, 
and he worked with Shigeru on various projects before being named partner in 2005. I wanted to ask Dean how his office works to create such incredible work and for a bit of insight into what Shigeru Bond was like as a kid in college. So how did you first find yourself uh, working with uh, Shigeru Bond? Well, I met Shigeru Bond at Cooper Union in 1980. Uh, he was a transfer student. Uh, I, too, was a transfer student. Uh, when he came to Cooper, there was an immediate attraction between the two of us, and we became what the Japanese say is Nakaga i Tomodachi. Ah, okay, what does that mean? Very close friends, Nakaga i Tomodachi. <laughs> and what was he, what was uh, Shigeru Bond like as a young man, as a you know, as a student? I think he exhibited characteristics then that he still exhibits now. I would say uh, he's extremely kind, extremely willful, and uh, determined, and uh, he had a passion for design and architecture that was unwavering. And uh, he also has an incredible stamina, uh, an incredible ability to work hard, and uh, also uh, a very uh, excellent ability to look at complex issues and distill them down to very simple facts. And how would you describe, you know, his work today to someone who is totally uninitiated? How, you know, if I say who is, who is uh, Shigeruban and what is Shigeruban Architects good at doing? How would you respond? I'd sort of sum it up by saying he is an incredible innovator, a humanitarian, environmentalist. Um, I suppose if I could expand upon that, I would say as an innovator, he's been innovating in materials since um, he began his career. Uh, people know him or uh, as the paper architect. Probably more people know of him for his paper structures uh, than uh, any uh, maybe other projects. Uh, it's probably because it's there's been a lot written uh, about Shigeru and the, the paper architecture that he's done. But I would say what people are not as knowledgeable about is that he is one of the world's leading architects in mass timber. I mean, I, I would say perhaps, you know, one of the best, really, top Five. In fact, I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you who would be better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other characteristic is his uh, the humanitarian work that he does. Uh, he's done over 35 disaster relief projects around the world, um, helping people in in their time of need as a, um, as a result of uh, environmental devastation, whether it's through tsunamis or hurricanes and people lose their homes, he has got a tremendous empathy. And through that empathy, he feels the call to action as an architect. He does what he can do um, to help people. And um, he's been recognized uh, for this effort um, by receiving the Mother Teresa uh, Memorial Award for Social Justice in 2017. And, and to those that aren't in the architecture world, it might sound... Uh, almost, you know, quaint, or they may not understand, you know, the values of working in timber and paper and and things like that. You know, why it may even sound kind of frivolous, or people might assume that that's something that a lot of architects work in, even though they don't. Like, can you explain to someone who's not from the architecture world why the use of timber, why his use of timber is so innovative and why it's important in architecture? Well, I would say, you know, using paper and wood and timber, uh, wood products, 
is really the right thing to do. I, I think uh, as architects, there's a call to action to help reduce global warming. And uh, wood is an excellent material, uh, structural material, as compared to um, concrete and steel. And it, and it allows us to build fantastic buildings with um, a lower carbon footprint. And it essentially is able to do that because for the first cost of the energy that's required to build a building, uh, wood um, uses one-third the energy that a concrete or steel building would require. And in addition to that, it has a benefit that it will also sequester carbon. We all know, like when we were children in elementary school, that trees are good because uh, they take carbon out of the atmosphere and they give us oxygen. Well, we, we need less carbon, more oxygen. Um, but there are many benefits uh, to using wood. It's renewable. It's domestically sourced, which helps the American economy. If we use more wood, less steel, it reduces our dependence on foreign steel. Um, it creates more domestic jobs, and it puts more resources into forest management that could also help reduce forest fires. And I think one of the things that I really enjoy is, you know, is the response that people get when they're in a wood building. Um, there's a term that's called biophilia, which is the description of how people feel how they, when they're in a wood environment, how it benefits their, their, their health and, um, and sense of well-being. And, you know, as someone who's worked with them with it for a long time and, um, you're an outpost of a Japanese firm, essentially. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anything from design culture that might be different for you uh, in your office that might be different from, say, I don't know, Daniel Liebeskin's office or SOM or another, anyone with a New York office, you know, how is, is there a bit of Japanese culture for design or just anything um, that might be different for you guys? That's an excellent question. You know, I think if you look at Shigeru Bon architecture, um, it will look very different than Daniel Liebeskin um, architecture. It all really runs from Shigeru Bon. You know, he is the design partner of the firm, um, a managing partner of the firm. Uh, so it's my responsibility to uh, make sure that as our office works on a project together that we're seeing his his vision through. There are qualities that we, I think, possess as architects. Uh, a lot of us at our office are, um, stu uh, are, are students of Japanese culture. Many of us have studied Japanese, have lived in Japan, have worked there for a period of time. I think by that, we've developed certain values which are distinctly uh, Japanese, one of which is um, uh, a word we use as motenai, which is this desire not to waste. Um, and I think that uh, sort of philosophy or concept um, uh, steers us towards creating designs that are simple and um, not gratuitous. And if if some when you when someone picks up this book um, about timber and his architecture and just his work in general, um, when they put it down, what's the one thing you want them to understand about your firm's work and him as an architect? When picking up that book, uh, people will um, see very beautiful demonstrations of architecture. I think we would want to excite the imagination of the people who are looking at these projects. Part of what Shigeru loves to do is um, make the 
um, unbelievable, believable. And so quite often there are projects um, that you will look at and you'll go like, how did they do that? I, I think that is a kind of curiosity that is that the people will have when they when, the, when they look at our work. And I think it comes from Shigeru's love of people and humanity that uh, he wants to entertain people as much as he is interested in educating people. Before we return to the program, a word from our sponsor, Duravit. Founded in 1817 in Germany's Black Forest, Duravit is the international authority on design-driven bathrooms. The company collaborates with leading designers from around the globe to create spaces that enhance your everyday. One of the brand's daring visionaries is none other than the world-renowned designer and former guest of this very podcast, Philippe Stark. The influential Frenchman's latest Duravit collection invites us all to feel the flow. Soleil by Stark reflects the restorative nature of the sea with its soft, refined lines and organic forms. Clean-lined and timelessly modern, the new range spans wash basins, toilets, and tubs, fitting into a variety of styles. Soleil fuses function and beauty for a truly harmonious design, a signature in all of Stark's collections. For more information on Duravit or to find a local distributor, visit www.duravit.us or call 888-Duravit. As written in the introduction to Shigeru Bond's new book, the most sustainable architecture is that which endures for generations. As you'll hear from the architect, his work is about form-finding rather than form-making. I wanted to ask him what his early life was like, why certain materials are so important to him, and just what is good design? You were raised in Tokyo in, in the early 60s, and I was wondering what your earliest memories were of, of the city from an, from an urban perspective. Well, I'm not, I was not living in the urban situation. I was living in a residential area. Uh, there's many, uh, the, the still the farming was around my house. Oh, I see. Okay. And what were, your, what were some of your earliest memories from, from that time as a child? Well, still, the, the, there's many farmers living around uh, my house, so that uh, it was very peaceful uh, residential area. But now it's uh, totally uh, packed with the houses, no, no, no farming uh, field anymore. So it's uh, very different. Oh, I see. And um, what was life like for you in New York uh, when you went there in the 80s? It was a kind of a, you know, kind of such a dynamic time we think of in, in New York and the United States. Well, first of all, because I spent three years in California, uh, I had a really cultural shock uh, between the, the culture of the uh, California and New York. And uh, actually, the, the many of my uh, classmates in, in Sayak uh, was quite surprised my decision to go to, Cooper, to New York because they thought New York is very dirty and dangerous. And also after I moved to Cooper Union, my my classmate was really surprised that the the, the, the they think although they never been to there, the, they think that living in California is very boring. But then, anyway, the I I felt that New York was quite dangerous that time, so that's why I didn't want to take a subway. So I took a small moped uh, to to commute to school and uh, go to other places instead of uh, taking a subway. Hmm. And uh, what, how was your, your studies like at Cooper Union? Do you, do you remember them fondly? Well, I had a really tough time because the, uh, the, the teachers was quite difficult for me. 
And even I had uh, really the, the, the fight with a few students, few professors, and they didn't let me graduate. I got a fail、mm. for my thesis project. So I had to do my thesis again because of those、uh, professors I had、uh, some fight before.、Uh, earlier.、Oh, no. <laughs> and、uh, do you remember what the fight was about? Yes, because I didn't, be, I didn't follow the, the, his philosophy, the, one of the very famous、uh, architects. And、uh, I don't want to make the name. But the other one was、uh, just the, the very silly thing that she was not good enough to teach the 50 year student. So I didn't want to talk with her. And,、uh, but she was very、uh, mad that I neglected her. And for some of your, your the earlier commissions of doing residential homes, what were clients when you first you know, spoke with a client about a,、uh, one of these residential commissions to design their homes? What, was that,、uh, what were those early meetings like? What were they well, looking for actually, you? Actually, I had no、uh, practicing exp-、uh, experiences. So I, I, that is why it's almost the, I was lying,、uh, like I had a good experience, because I, I had、uh, the, 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 really the, the,、uh, the talent already to design something nice, but I had no experience really realizing them. But、uh, because I worked for Isozaki for a few years, I was never a student, they, they misunderstood that I have enough already experiences. So that, that I just、uh, pretended that, that I'm experienced architects. But as a result, I realized that, that what, what they want, so that they never、uh, doubted about this. Oh, good.、Um, well, one of, the, one of your earliest examples of, of use of wood and, and paper. In your work was the furniture house in 1995. And I was wondering if you could、uh, explain where that、uh, idea came from at the time and, and where the, you know, the, the structural elements and the sort of the wall dividers and everything in the storage were kind of all one and the same. How did that, how did that commission for the furniture house t h a t s my own、uh, That's my own weekend house. Ah, okay. uh, because the, I wanted to get the, the,、uh, the government permission to use a paper tube as、uh, the structural material. So I had to do, do my own to get this permission. Nobody、uh, asked me to design a house out of unusual material uh, because I, uh, my, I, was, I really uh, uh, admire Fry Otto from Germany and、uh, Buckminster Fuller. So, that the,、uh, I wanted to make my own structural system and some material development. So, that's why I was looking for some material nobody has used for, for the building.、Uh, that time, that,、uh, nobody talked about、uh, ecology and、uh, recycling and so on. So, I just wanted to use the, the material food, which was never used for the building structure.、Uh, because logically, I know that even paper tube is weaker than wood. Uh, there is no, no、uh, limit of the, the, the structure to make durable structure. Even the, 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 the concrete is very strong material, which can be destroyed by、uh, earthquake easily. But even the, the wood is much weaker than concrete, but still the, that can be designed、uh, to, to, to,、uh, to, to be very safe for the earthquake. So, that the, the strength of the material has nothing to do with the strength of the building and strength, the length,、uh, the length of the durability. 
that is why I logically I knew even paper chip can be good uh, structural material. So I just tested by myself, and I that's a, that is why I made my own weekend house as an experiment. And when I when I speak with architects who have a a longer career, uh, they sometimes speak about the role of the structural engineer at, today, where they can take almost any sketch or form and turn it into an actual functional building. Um, does your working in natural materials change the way that you think about how you design space uh, You know, to someone who may not come from an architecture background? How would you explain? You know, because of the, uh, the, the, the computer uh, engineering, any shape can be designed. That's we I call that the form making. Just the the it's the even uh, the logical the shape can be realized. Uh, but the, what I'm interested in is form finding, not form making. So that uh, the the I'm interested in using the the weak material with limitation to design something different with limitation. If I design the 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 building in steel, you can make any shape with engineering. But I'm not interested in just make form making. Because the, the unusual shape can be just that uh, boring in a few years, but unique idea are permanent. I'd love to 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 learn a little bit about the paper partition system. Uh, that sort of a long term project that you've come back to uh, a few different times. That sort of blends philanthropy and and your use of wood in architecture. Um, after implementing the system a few times, and along with other temporary structures. I'm wondering, you know, what sort of lessons have you learned in architecture about how your profession can respond to to disasters, whether it be the earthquake or um, or, or or anything that requires these sort of temporary solutions. Well, it's not actually temporary. They can be permanent. Many of my temporary structure became permanent. When when I designed the temporary structure, even I use i have to apply the 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 standard building regulation so nothing different between temporary and permanent it's only that we call it temporary uh, because the people think it's uh, can be used for a few years but the, the many of the, my temporary building became permanent because people loves it and and it, because as, as i said the structure uh it's uh, it's uh, uh, same as uh, the, the permanent building, we use the, the, the real regulation as a permanent building. So there is no difference between permanent and temporary. And many of the 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 the, palm, uh, the building uh, like the made in concrete can be very permanent. As you see, do you live in New York? Where do you live? Mm-hmm. In New York. Yeah, maybe you must experience that many of the building in concrete are easily destroyed by developer. To put in another <laughs> building, so yeah. they are te- very temporary, even in concrete. The building to make money, commercial building, are temporary, even in concrete. Many of my temporary building was supposed to be temporary in paper became permanent because people loves it. So that is my definition of the part is temporary and permanent. And with the partition system for for these sort of disaster buildup, the the, the true temporary. Um, where did that idea originally come from? No, actually, that the, the after I saw that that terrible facility for victim of the the earthquake in Kobe, nineteen ninety five. That time I was busy 
making the temporary houses for Vietnamese refugees and also temporary churches. But I recognize that how awful the living condition without any privacy in a big gymnasium, people have to stay there for a few months. Uh, so that is why I started the thinking about partition system to pro provide privacy for next earthquake, which happened 2004 in Niigata city. And I started the making, but that time the first version, now one I'm building is a fourth version. The first version was more rigid with a cardboard and it was not flexible enough to adjust the size. So little by little by trying, I recognize that the uh, nearly the function and necessity, uh, flexibility of the partition system because the, some of them are two, two of them, family of two, some of them the six of the, them, so that the system has to be easily adjusted to the size of the family. And it, it, this has to be built by anyone, even with my student. So, and also that the authority uh, doesn't want to have something too rigid. It has to be flexible, open, close. During that daytime, they, they want to open to check whether they are okay or not. Anyway, uh, by trying the, the uh, first version, second versions, I knew little by little that really necessity and uh, uh, the, the criteria of the, the partition system. Then I uh, uh, finally made a fourth version for the uh, the Tohoku uh, North Japan earthquake 2011, which is now the the one I'm doing uh, in, in Japan and the, 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 in Europe for the Ukrainian refugees. Before we return to the program, a word from our partner, Polyform. With its Italian roots dating back to 1970, Polyform is the ultimate purveyor of design-driven products that outfit nearly every inch of the modern home. From its stunning kitchens and dreamlike storage systems to sleek and inviting sofas. Using decades of knowledge and a mastery of Italian craftsmanship, Polyform's incredible designs go beyond the ephemeral trends we see so often today. Instead, they exude a kind of recognizable elegance you'd expect from a company headquartered in Brianza, near Lake Como. As the Grand Tourist is always shopping for his next remodel, or just dreaming about it, Polyform has many instant icons to consider. The Saint-Germain Sofa System, by Jean-Marie Massaud, transforms itself into an icon based on your own inspiration. With gentle, retro-futuristic curves inspired by the 1970s, this system can be reconfigured in oh-so-many ways that can appear like the entire sofa was designed specifically just for your living room. The design language of the Saint-Germain system comes in many shapes and forms, from standalone three-seaters to gently angled sectional elements. And with a subtle shift in fabrics, the entire mood of the sofa can change, a testament to its design. Boucle options make it feel cozy and warm, while subtle Italian leathers give it a cool-as-ice appeal. For more information about the Saint-Germain sofa system and all of the brand's incredible works of design, visit polyform.com. As timber in architecture, as you mentioned before, there are many people using it now uh, in this sort of field that you helped to pioneer. Um, at, at a most basic level for, for the listener, why do you think timber is something that we should be using more in, in contemporary architecture? Is, is like, why is this important uh, as a step for, for the future? Yeah, I'm not using because of this movement. It's a very important because of the uh, the it's an ecological material, and uh, as I said, uh, even timber we can make the any type of the building. However, the timber is a timber, 
So this is not really good for the high-rise building. So that the, the, because it's fashion, people try to make a building out of high, uh, the timber for the large uh, high-rise building, but it's it's not really the appropriate. So we have to use each material has appropriate way of using. Concrete is such a wonderful material. Steel is wonderful. So each material has really appropriate way of using. So that the the the, the, the just the, I'm developing the different way of using tim timber appropriately. So the the, the like the my uh, the roof of some Pompidou mess the, uh, the because timber can be bent easily. That is why I made such a woven type of the roof, which was never done before. So I'm interested in using timber uh, in order to uh, take advantage of the, the, the characteristic of the timber, but which was not used before. Also, the, uh, the manufacturing uh, system is also the uh, advanced little by little. So I try to take advantage of this manufacturing system. Uh, but the, the, in the general, the, the, the using timber is very important because it's a, one of the few ecological material and we have enough timber. Uh, as long as this is uh, well uh, uh, like, uh, controlled, the, we have uh, the, 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 the uh, more timber, uh, 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 still we have more than enough to, to consume. And uh, the amount of timber uh, used in building is less than the, 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 the amount of the building, uh, the timber growing. And also in Japan, the, after the war, government uh, planted many uh, cedar trees, which is now the time to use. They are not used enough. That's why the, there is many uh, sec the other problems uh, caused by that. For example, we have many cedar uh, uh, allergies because of these new trees, which is not are not used, and also the the the, the sliding of the mountain because of the the, the uncontrolled uh, the forest. So there is still a lot of uh, timber to uh, fi uh, forest to be used in Japan, not well used yet. And uh, the, as I said, that the, the this is uh, the timber is can be as long as planned the material uh, we can use uh, forever. And uh, but uh, actually that uh, that is a really strategy important for for the for the world. But I'm yeah, just using timber because I simply like timber, uh, the, because it's a, such a warm material, good smell, and also very comfortable being inside. Uh, but now that uh, there is a really important this ecological purpose, uh, the strategy policy is very important. But I'm not. I'm not using not because of not because of this. Part of the book also details some of the joinery uh, between these wood elements, which is quite beautiful, and something we don't often see in the United States, especially. Is is that a large part of your design process as well? Yes. This important thing is I don't want to use the steel as a joint. If you use a steel as a joint, the timber is just a replacement of timber. Uh, uh, timber. So that the, the I like to make the timber structure, which can be realized only with the timber, without using steel connections. So that is the important point. It's not only using timber is not important, but all the, the designing something which can be realized because of the characteristic of timber is important. So that's why I always try to design some joint without steel. And do you find that is that a difficult process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the connecting timber is very easy. 
But the, the beauty of the timber structure is the, really the connection by timber and timber, not with steel. And in terms of how are you choosing your, your commissions uh, today, and, and what sort of interests you um, as an architect uh, in this new sort of post-pandemic uh, period that we're in? Well, actually, many projects were postponed and canceled because of pandemic. But the, the otherwise, uh, I don't see any differences. Well, you know, officially, uh, uh, obviously that people stay home more and walk in the home more, that's a very different. But architecturally, I, I don't see any differences. And what kind, of, what kind of commissions are you looking to do now, just in this phase in your career? Is there, uh, because I'm sure you must be contacted all the time. Well, no, you know, it's not really, I, I don't have so much choices. It's, uh, I just have to, uh, no? for the, the, the public uh, pro project, we have to also enter the, the competition as before. That's the only way to get to the public commission, like a museum and library and so on. So I just keep uh, entering the commission, uh, the competition. Otherwise, now uh, the new thing is more opportunity to design the hotels. That is uh, something new uh, because I designed one hotel and which was very popular and uh, well uh, received. So I have more commission for designing hotels now. That's a difference. One of the major issues that uh, is affecting uh, cities today um, and, and is probably the most impactful in terms of um, a debate in terms of architecture, especially in the United States, um, is the idea of affordable housing and a housing crisis in certain major cities like New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles. As someone who has worked in the intersection with, between new mater you know, materials that people are, don't always look to and, and structures that can be temporary or not, or permanently temporary, um, how do you think cities should be responding to this sort of housing crisis? Well, I said simply, people, we have to live more urban, uh, uh, more the uh, suburban places. Really? So you think it's not about changing the city at all, or more um, moving out of them? Essentially? No, we. I think we should move out from city. You know, Tokyo became too big, and that is why uh, I'm. It's uh, really dangerous because of the, uh, the natural disaster uh, we are expecting, and also that the, 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 the we have to develop more uh, our, uh, suburban cities. But it's not really moving this kind of the uh, the, the, the the project. I think that, that uh, we have to develop more the suburban cities uh, instead of. Uh, the, the coming to the, the, the big cities. Uh, you know, like, like Germany, it's quite successful. There's many different cities, uh, like the, the financial cities, uh, Frankfurt, uh, the, the government in, in Berlin, and there's the Munich, and the, uh, and the industrial cities, uh, Stuttgart. So it's quite split. But the, the Japan and the, the, like France, the Tokyo and Paris is too dense. I think the suburban city has to be more developed. Now that the people know that we don't need to be in the office all the time, so that it's possible. Are you someone that likes to work remotely, or do you like to be in an office? I like to be on the office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, architecture is really, it's very difficult to, the, the drafting is, it can be done remotely. But the, the, the developing design, 
with the staff, uh, it's very difficult to do the remote in, in online. Even the my teaching with the student, uh, it's very difficult to do online. What is next for you and your firm? What are your plans for this uh, th- this coming year? Well, now that the, the I'm preparing the the the, the building prototype in Poland for the the uh, new uh, affordable housing system in for Ukrainian situation after the war is over. That's uh, the the in September we're gonna build first prototype in Poland, and also visiting the the review in Ukraine, in order to work with the Ukrainian architects uh, to prepare for the, the reconstruction. So I think that is a very important project for myself. And what are those conversations like? What, what obviously it's a tragic situation. I think we have to create new employment opportunities, so that the, the, the always after the war and after the disaster, contractor became very busy, and uh, building material became very expensive. So I'm proposing the the, the affordable housing, which can be built with non-architectural material, non-building material with the non-skilled people uh, in order to create new employment opportunities. And I guess my last question is, uh, if if I were to ask you, uh, according to uh, Shigeru Ban, what is good design? How would you answer? Uh, it's a difficult question. But anything I design, uh, actually anything architect design has to be beautiful. Even temporary uh, temporary accommodation or the, 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 the refugee houses, it has to be beautiful because that is also comfortability. Thank you to Rizzoli, Shigeruban, and to everyone at his firm for making this episode happen. The editor of The Grand Tourist is Stan Hall. To keep this going, please follow me on Instagram at Dan Rubenstein to learn more. And sign up with your email for updates at thegrandtourist.net. And don't forget to follow The Grand Tourist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And leave us a rating or comment. Every little bit helps. Till next time.